How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Waterfowl 365 presented by BTBN. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're not following along with us on social media, check out BTBN on Instagram and Facebook. That's the best way to keep in contact with what we're doing, new episodes, all that good type of stuff. So uh, check out social media under BTBN. If you are uh, not subscribed to this thing, however you're listening to it, make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, leave us some feedback. Leave me a uh, comment, a review, whatever. It helps uh, this thing grow a little bit. And uh, if you want to tell your friends to listen to it, feel free to do that as well. Enough with the shameless plugs. It is a nice Saturday here in Missouri. Temperature went from 100 to 75 got a couple weeks till teal season like two weeks until dove season it's starting to feel like fall is on its way football is on today it's preseason but it's still football so happy to have it um we've done enough football episodes here in the last couple weeks so i said we'd get another call maker and hunter and competition caller and uh we're gonna do that today with the return of uh, a great call maker down in the south and uh been excited to have him on here he's really been cranking out a ton of calls and uh he does a teal call which is man it's taken over as his bread and butter and been a really cool really cool impact on the teal call he makes a uh custom teal call long to go with uh you know of course his mallard calls and at this point i'm just rambling so without further ado mr rodney hill rodney how are you doing sir all right, man. Just uh, hanging out in the shop and uh, just been working a lot lately and, you know, doing family stuff and things like that. But uh, other than that, nothing much. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, we had uh, <laughs> talked about doing this thing like a week or so ago, and you're like, well, how about Saturday? And I was like, oh, Saturday's cool. You're like, well, I have to work Saturday. And I was like, dude, if you're too tired after you get done Saturday, we'll just do it another day. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah. So I kind of forgot about it until you messaged me. So I ran in here and got everything set up real quick, recorded the intro so uh, we could get everything ready to roll. And I told the boss lady, I was like, hey, I'm getting ready to do a podcast. She's like, I had no idea. I guess I'll see you in a few hours. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. That's how I know. I know, man. It's been busy times lately, especially lately. And uh, it's easy to to um have something slip your mind because i know it happens to me a lot <laughs> well and especially it, with everything going on i was gonna say it's got to be like your one of your busiest times of the year because yeah. i've been watching your stuff you know obviously for a couple of years but dude in this last 12 months those teal calls that you started doing a year and a half two years ago i don't know how long you've been doing them but that's when i really started seeing them they're taking off like crazy man yeah the right now is usually the the, the busiest time for me usually because of the teal calls and i just uh i started i started making them whenever i started making calls back in like 2011 or whatever and uh the, the location i live at uh is we have a lot of good early teal hunting and stuff so whenever i started making duck calls i just started making teal calls too and um because we did a lot of it and the the areas that we hunt are really wide open and so uh i was some of the other calls that i used they were really good they sounded really good but i was like man i need something a little bit louder you know and some people say that you don't need a teal call but um but i've seen it work really well i've seen it with my own two eyes so i um, just started making one and um then uh, you know i went on from there but then after a while it kind of caught on because uh i guess with uh some of the custom guys you know that like to, um the custom call maker guys you know and stuff like that and uh i just really over the last few years over the last couple of years i would say maybe a year um i wanted to 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 be my, to make something different you know because that's kind of how you know the goal in mind is to be different and um so i wanted to make something different but it's still kind of being myself you know without it being something that somebody else does you know and so i thought on that forever and i was like well i already have this teal call that i've been making so i just kind of uh you know started uh letting people know about it a little bit more and uh 
you know, I, I started getting, I've had over the last years, I've been, uh, the last year I've been, uh, blessed with it to have, you know, uh, probably more orders than I ever have, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not nothing huge or nothing like that, you know, nothing like some of the bigger guys on there, but, you know, for me, you know, I've, uh, I've been happy to have, you know, what I have. Well, yeah, and that's something, you know, that if you look at teal calls over the history, there's some guys that have been doing, you know, the full-frame teal calls and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. forever, you just saw them very basic, you know, mm-hmm. built out of something like some walnut or something that's just super basic, no type of snaz, you know, and then they'll just throw, you know, it's almost like a little add-on. And yeah. where guys don't spend a lot of time into it. And then you started treating you know the teal call more like a full custom you know build out you're using burls and doing inlays on freaking teal calls and it it's just so unique and it's really something different that you know i don't i don't know if i've seen somebody else copying not copying that but you know investing time it's kind of like how you know winger he wasn't the first guy to ever make a whistle but winger is a gold standard of whistles and it's like you know, and that's no disrespect to any other the great whistle makers out there, but you've you've become the custom teal call guy, and I know that's not all you can do. You build a hell of a J uh, frame, but uh, yeah. that's definitely, to me at least, from what I've seen, become like, you know, what you're known for is building a hell of a teal call that's really cool. Yeah, that's where I kind of, to be honest with you, that's kind of where I, when I was thinking about this, I kind of got the idea from the whistles, you know, because I was like, you know, what can I do that's different? And I was like, there's so, you know, there's so many different duck call, you know, duck call makers nowadays. And, uh, you know, and I was thinking it's hard to, you know, get something out there because, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, like be the next big, huge thing or nothing like that. But the thing I wanted to do was, uh, you know, just pass on what I make, you know, to other, to other hunters, other call makers, other, you know, people that collect calls. And, um, when I, I seen those whistles and, you know, and then I was like, you know, maybe I can, uh, you know, make these teal calls and start, you know, really customizing them and, um, you know, just making them custom and, and see how that works. And it, it worked pretty well. And, you know, um, so it's it's been uh it's been really cool you know and uh like i say you know uh it took some time for it to for it to to get there but eventually you know um i'm happy with where it's at you know so and i got some more things that's that i'm working on with it as well um uh eventually you know in the future it's just with this it's hard when what you know i work full time and then usually, like I, we were talking about, I work full-time, and then when I get off, uh, I'll work for, you know, maybe like four hours, you know, after work, and then the rest of the day, I go in, and then, you know, I, I've got my family, you know, so I have to do stuff with that. Sometimes other things come up, and I'm not able to work, so it's so hard to keep, tra- you know, to keep up with it and uh, to do it day in and day out. But I, you have to love it, you know, kind of, and not kind of, but you do. And so I do love it. That's the reason why I make duck calls in the first place is just because, I, man, I love duck hunting. I love everything about it, and that's how I'm able to do it. And, you know, I just told myself from, you know, a long time ago, I was like, you know, regardless if anybody buys it or not, I'm going to try to do the best work that I can do, and I'm just going to do it, you know, I'm just going to do it and enjoy it and do what I love. And, you know, that's uh, that's pretty much it, you know. So, Well, yeah, and that, dude, four hours a day is, that's a lot after work. You know, f- managing that family, you know, work, you know, secondary work balance, I know is a huge challenge. Do you do a lot of it, like, after everybody's gone to bed, or you come home and go straight to work afterwards? Well, usually um, the way a while – for years i did it when everybody went to bed but um my wife is really good about that kind of thing to be honest with you and uh she um i've been doing it mostly when i get off so it's kind of like i've been working 
Like I work eight hours and then an extra three or four, you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, so I'm doing it right after work most days. So I'm treating it like a, an actual, like a part-time job, you know? So, and so she helps me with some of the things and stuff like that. So we, she kind of helps me with that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll have, all of them i got tv and stuff i've been redoing my shop i got tv and stuff like that out here so a lot of times my little boy he'll come out here with me and i'll watch him you know he'll i'll put on the uh netflix or whatever and he'll sit in here and watch tv and then you know i'll sit in here and turn calls and um you know it's and like i say if we have anything important uh a lot of times I'll have to skip, you know, working those days or, yeah, sometimes on my off days, what I do is I'll get up really early, like earlier than what I would normally for work, probably like 4.35 o'clock and I'll get up and uh, I'll work until my kids and my wife wake up and once they wake up, then, you know, then I go in, which, you know, on the weekends or on my days off, you know, they may you know, it may be like nine o'clock. I'll get to like nine o'clock or something like that usually. So, yeah, I was gonna say, man, that's a. I think that's the best way, and you know, I always envy when I see like bigger shops, and you know, like going to R and T this last year and seeing John's shop in the actual, you know, R and T shop. And it's like, dude, that would always be so cool to have an off-site, built-out shop, you know, that you could have all your machinery and have everything designed and set up for the way that it is. But it, it's what you just explained right there is the cool part. You know, I do the same thing, man. On the weekends, I'll get up early or um, mine's in my garage. So I'll just open up the garage and I'll be working and the kids will be riding their bikes and scooters and, you know, the driveway and the street and all this type of stuff. So it's like, I'm still involved with the family. They can come up and talk to me, you know, I just kick off the lathe real quick or whatever. And, uh, it's not like I'm separate. And I found exactly when I was doing that late night nonsense, it makes you so separated from the family. It almost feels like that, uh, I would just rather have everybody outside, you know? Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. And that, that's, I'm a person that, you know, I mean, I like to spend as much time as I possibly can with my family. Cause that's the first thing before anything, you know? So, and, uh, sometimes I even feel guilt, you know, I'm like, man, I have to, there may be, you know, days where I'm like for the whole week, you know, for a, a week or more, I'm just straight you know out here trying to catch up on everything and then you know at the end of it i'm kind of like man you know i haven't spent a whole lot of time with my kids and my wife you know i'm like i need to i need to uh take a break for a couple of days and so sometimes i'll do that you know i try to be play, pay really close attention to it you know and um because i you know i'm i'm doing it for for fun and you know for a hobby but I'm also doing it too to support my family as well and so you know I treat it like a job but then also too you know I want to uh my family is first before anything and so you know I want to be there for them whenever I need to be so um you know it's it's tough having to do it but uh it worked out but like I said, I, I love it, and so, you know, it is enjoyable, and I try to just include them as much as I can. Like I said, my wife's real good about that kind of thing, and uh, so, like, uh, I think it was maybe not this year at Presley's, but maybe it was last year or the year before last. I can't remember, but, I mean, she goes on hunting trips. She'll go, she went to calling contests with me uh you know and so we just make it a family trip anything we do like this last year we went to uh to nebraska and uh south dakota south dakota border and we went up there hunting and uh i just we made it a family trip so i took my little boy my wife and my little girl and we all went up there and hunted together you know so i didn't even have a hunting buddy with me they were there hunting with me so that was something that was real memorable and i'll never forget that and uh it was real enjoyable i i I loved it you know well yeah and it's something you know it helps so much with because man i remember on hunting trips where we'd be gone for like you know four or five days at a time trying to film and stuff like that and it was one of those things where I couldn't bring family with me or it just wasn't, you know, feasible financially, all that type of stuff. And I, you know, you sit and you spend the whole rest of the evening 
after everything's done on the phone, talking to the kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, I can definitely understand that, man. That's definitely... I feel like most call makers, hunters alike, that that's the goal, you know, is to have the kids yeah. out there, have the family out there, and uh, be able to enjoy it and pass that down, just like, you know, it was passed down to you, or, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's it's the dream. Exactly. Yes, that's exactly right. That's 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 what I want to do. I'm, I hope that one day my little boy, you know, I hope that he enjoys, uh, you know, that I'm, I'm going to try to teach him to do it. And, you know, if he likes it, I'm not going to push him to do it. But if he does, you know, maybe that's something that I can hand down to him and he can continue on. That's what I, I hope and pray will happen. You know, but uh, for sure, that's what I'm trying to do with the hunting aspect of it. You know, um, I'm trying to bring him up to, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in duck hunting to, you know, just pass on my passion and you know my love for it and the things that i've gotten out of it and uh you know i i can only hope that he enjoys it you know if not then that's fine too but you know uh i'm trying to just do the best i can with you know passing it down to him letting him you know letting letting him see you know what it's all about and that sort of thing you know yeah absolutely man i was uh just sitting around thinking about the other day and i was like man i need to start doing some stuff with my kids to pass on life skills that i was taught as a young kid but i just don't think kids are exposed to nowadays of like Mm -hmm. going out in the woods even like someplace like a state park or something like that and taking a picture of the topographical map and teaching them you know those different things of what that mean like i can start a fire i can build a survival shelter and all that you know basic type of survival stuff but i was like kids don't learn that stuff nowadays and uh you know i look at a map and me and my girlfriend will go out hiking or something like that and she's like i don't know why you're showing me this it makes no no sense to me whatsoever (laughs) yeah how do you not know this no right (laughs) yeah i know exactly what you're saying yeah they um that's what i i plan you know i don't know i Whenever I was brought up, you know, my dad, he was a hunter. He's the one that got me into it. But we had a, a, a family friend of ours got um, that got me into that got us into it, I would say. And so whenever we went, me and my dad, my dad, um, he took us. Well, it was my first duck hunting trip, but it was, you know, he hadn't really duck hunted a whole lot. He'd mostly been a deer hunter. And uh, so uh, I had to kind of whenever i learned you know we kind of had to learn as we went type thing you know so it took a long time to really learn what to do and that the benefit of that my little boy has or you know if if you have a little boy or a little girl or whatever and you want to teach them is that you have been hunting for a while and you can pass the knowledge that you've already learned down to them and so uh maybe um that's a benefit that they can have you know, that I didn't have, you know, so I didn't, you know, my dad wasn't able to tell me everything about duck hunting because he'd mostly deer hunted, you know, and so uh, we just kind of had to learn as we went, but um, so, and I don't know, my little boy, he may like deer hunting because, you know, I I don't know, he may like turkey hunting, Uh, he keeps talking about he wants to kill a deer, so, (laughs) you know, I don't know, but I I think that, uh, I think it's a good thing regardless, and nowadays, especially nowadays, like you're saying, because a lot of kids, I don't know, I don't know what the statistics are, but it just seems like, you know, there's a lot more kids not being introduced to the outdoors, and, um, you know, I think that it's, there's something to be said for kids that are brought up in the outdoors and even if it's not hunting just in the outdoors to appreciate the outdoors and nature and to create uh, uh to appreciate all the things that god has given us to enjoy and um you know i think that there's something to be said for that so um you know that's what I, i'm just trying to teach him those types of things you know yeah yeah i agree man it's uh it's just getting that exposure out there and teaching them to relate a little bit and uh you know so that way if you're lost in a situation we went on a hiking trip like two months ago now and i might have already told it on the podcast but it was uh me the girlfriend her little brother and his girlfriend and one of their friends and um 
man, the the friend, all four of us, you know, me, girlfriend, her uh, brother, and his girlfriend, we've all hiked. Like, we knew what to expect. It's a nine-mile hike in the mountains. Like, But they brought out another person, and they show up in Crocs with no water, with no nothing. It's a nine-mile hike in the middle of freaking June or July. We're like, oh, wow. We're like, you're getting ready to put us in a really bad position because if you go <laughs> down, now we're all screwed. And yeah. It's just like some people that just don't have that exposure and that common sense – well, what seems like to us is common sense, but uh, yeah. they just don't have that exposure to it, and I don't want that to be my kids when they get. Yeah, older, exactly, you know? exactly. But exactly, uh, you said you taught yourself a lot. You know, taught you and your father and a friend a lot about learning as you go and stuff like that, man. Um, as far as call making and stuff go, you know, there's literature for days on end about how to make a mallard call and. Uh, all that type of stuff. Dude, the teal call, there is not... I'm sure there is if I were to dig into it and look into it, but is that something that you just started finicking around with, or did you get an yeah. idea? Yeah, well, the, the what... It was kind of a couple of different ways. Um, uh, for one, the, it, some of the other calls that I had made... Um, that had like different bores and stuff like that, different uh, tone channel bores, you know, diameters and stuff. Um, I had noticed that there was some different sounds with that I got from it, you know, that sort of thing. And then uh, I looked at some of the other some other teal calls. I didn't, I just to see how they were peeled, not to you know copy them or anything like that. But right. you know, you want to look see how some's peeled, right? So um, I looked at some of them, but this one i mainly like just completely come up with um i don't i don't know i'm sure there's something there that is built similar i guess but um i mean this just come up i just you know just come up with it you know and so um uh it was something i was trying to do but also too it was kind of an accident because of some of the other calls that i made mainly i was trying to make uh uh, a, a main street competition call and i noticed what the call did whenever i did that and so i said huh i wonder if i could did this you know i wonder if i put this type of bore in it how this would sound if i tried to make a teal call and so that's kind of how it uh how it went down you know with with uh with the mallard calls and stuff that was you know like you said there's a lot of literature and stuff and uh i did have you know i would uh talk you know, ask different people and, uh, you know, message different people. And, uh, you know, I got some help from that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, uh, mainly whenever I started making calls, the, the forum days was, it was kind of like right at the end of the forum day, you know, and the Facebook thing hadn't really started. And so, um, there was stuff there, but there was nothing, there was no, you were, you weren't going to find out anything about how to, how to like sand a tone board and get a certain sound that you want you know not unless you directly got it from somebody that gave you the information but um you know there's basic things on there but it wasn't nothing specific about the tone board so you just kind of had to just go with it you know and just like they say just make firewood with it so i kind of did that with the teal call as well and uh just over time i it got a little bit better a little bit better and then uh finally i was like you know this is this works so you know that's what i stuck with <laughs> i got you i got you man and uh it's crazy to see the difference even now versus when i started which isn't that long ago it's 2015 on how much information is really out there and how much people just tell you you know, <laughs> like yeah. people ask questions and I'll give them everything except tone board, you know, or yeah. I'm like, send me a picture of your tone board. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is why you have some problems. I'm like, it could, people will send a message and they'll be like, hey, I'm having a stick on this thing. And I'm like, well, unless it's a real obvious problem, you have like 10 different things that could be a problem, dude. Right, exactly. Yeah, you exactly. could have a piece of debris in your bore and it could be causing you some freaking issues. Yeah exactly and that's exactly right it just takes time just to, it, it took me you know just like a lot of other call, call makers say you know uh i think i've been making them for about 10 years 
And so, you know, I started selling them probably too early, you know, just like everybody else says. And, uh, you know, I wish I could, you know, some of those calls at the beginning, I would have just waited because, I, you know, it just takes time to, to figure out exactly what you want to do because there's so many different variations and so many different things that can change it. You know, I mean, you, the tone channel length or, you know, the tone channel, uh, the bore, how big it is, the, the bore of your exhaust, you know, how long or how short the barrel is. You know, and then that's not even counting the tone board and everything else. How long, how short the tone board is, you know, that sort of thing. And so it just takes a while to go through all that stuff to get, say, okay, this is the sound I like and this is what I want to use and um, and stick with it. So, you know, it just takes a lot. I mean, even if somebody were to tell you, I think even if somebody were to tell you exactly what to do, you know, it would still be hard to to do it if you were just starting out you know yeah yeah and it's just like you know it doesn't matter how long you're in the game how long you're doing it for there you're always going to be tinkering with something different i remember i don't know if it was two or three years ago i saw john kep who had just posted a new custom jig that he had made and the dude has already won like you know handfuls of freaking national championship rings and stuff like that (laughs) It doesn't matter where you get to. You're always going to be tinkering and trying to figure out something just a little bit better. Yeah, even the big—I mean, even the big name guys. You know, they're still doing it. You know, they still coming up with new calls. And I think that's just the—you know—you just want to—you know—you want to keep bettering. You know, bettering yourself, bettering the calls that you make. And that's what I do. The same thing. You know, I—I I, I change the shape a little bit up, or you know, um, you know, I, I'll change my. I, I've got the same jig that I've used for years, but, you know, I may change little things here and there if I find that, oh, I like this, you know, it sounds better, you know, and that sort of type of thing. And so, um, you know, I think that's what we're constantly doing is just constantly trying to, to make the sound or, you know, to make it look better and better and better, to be more different, to stand out more, you know, and those sort of things. Well, and I think, you know, as call makers, that's what we all do because we're all the same people who saw a duck call in, you know, Max or Bass Pro or freaking a magazine that you could have just bought and went and used and went hunting and had a great time. But instead of doing that, we were like, hey, let's go ahead and screw up and waste a lot of money to do this. Well, you know, it's just it takes a, a crazy person to want to do this. And you see every yep. day of somebody selling their lathe that just bought it three or four months ago that says, hey, this was too hard, kicked it. And yep. uh, you have to be a kind of a crazy person to keep doing it. Yeah, and I, see, that's the way I've kind of always been the type of person that I say, like, um, I'm kind of like a dreamer type person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I have all these ideas about different things, you know, that I, that I want to do and that kind of thing. And I think a lot of duck call makers are that way. Um, and I think they're kind of obsessive, have a, have an obsessive personality as well, probably. Maybe, you know, not to a, a bad extent, but, you know, just uh, to do it that much and to do it like that and to decide that, well, I could buy one, but I want to just see if I can do it on my own, you know, or see what I can do and see if I can do this, you know. And that was one of the reasons why I did it as well was just to see if I could, you know. And, um so that's kind of the way that you know i've always been is that way i've kind of like had you know these ideas and and so i'm trying to constantly figure out you know a different or new idea you know and that's also how the the i've got new ones but and and the thing is is you know i just don't even have the time to to get to all of them but um like i say though but i got some some new ideas that i'm that i'm gonna do with the with the teal call it's just uh i've had been trying to do it for the last three or four years i just hadn't been able to to get to it to do it and so especially lately because i'm trying to make the calls that i have on order and so um to get to that other stuff it's just hard to do but yeah well and i've seen you know that uh i've seen jesus i saw a while back that uh you had got a uh, a media guy that was helping you do some photography and stuff like that too. Tell me a little bit about yep. that. 
Yeah, his name's Trip. Uh, Trip Hodges um, with uh, H3 Photography. He uh, he's a guy that's from around here, and uh, we've hunted a lot together, um, mostly recently. And so, uh, mainly what it is is you know, um, I'm 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 not a huge uh, social media guy. I mean, I do it on my on my page, you know. But that's mainly if I'm on Facebook or anything like that. It's just because of duck hunting or duck calls and that kind of thing. And uh, I like to take pictures and that kind of thing. But I wanted to have somebody else that could kind of bring like an outside um you know perspective to it you know and and maybe bring in a little bit more help with doing that kind of thing and so um he started helping me with that and um we had been hunting together anyway for a while he does some other projects and stuff like that as well he uh he works uh i think he like pro staffs with uh drake and old tom he's kind of a, a, a bigger turkey hunter but he does a lot of duck hunting too but um so we're we're doing some videos uh this year and so i'm going to try to highlight the teal calls and teal hunting and that sort of thing because um this early season we're going to try to do some teal hunts um you know i don't know how much we're going to be able to do but we're going to try to do a few to just kind of show i really just kind of want to show how the teal calls actually work and how how they respond to them and that sort of thing you know and um you know some call making stuff and and uh so mainly you know i've kind of just put him in charge of it so he's just kind of uh coming up with some of the things and some of the ideas on his own so uh i've been uh really excited about that yeah that's really cool man and that's it's always nice to have a friend that loves doing that type of stuff yeah. Um, my buddy Justin that we do the podcast all the time together and uh, we've been friends for freaking 20 years he loves doing the photography and video and stuff like that so he'll hit me up he's like hey man what are you turning today when, can, I'm going to come over later <laughs> you know and yeah. it's really yeah. cool to uh, get that photography side of stuff that is more than just a picture of the finished call because yeah, you know, it's not like you can take a picture of yourself turning the call without having it on a tripod and setting a timer. And then it's like you take the picture and you look back over and you're like, oh, man, I wish I would have done this a little bit different. And then you yeah. go try to do it again. And then the focus is different because you're not in the exact same spot. Like, it's just nice to have that extra set of hands and somebody who really enjoys doing that type of stuff. And it's just like the family aspect of it. If you have somebody out there BSing and joking around with you while they're doing their thing. I can stay out and turn so much longer when it's like that. Yeah, 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 and, and you know that it's just it's a good thing to have, and it it also took a lot of pressure off of me and gave me a little more time to not worry about taking the pitch of the calls because you know sometimes I enjoy doing it, but sometimes it's like you know I, I'm just I'm not really really experienced with it, you know. And so it took a lot of pressure off of me in that aspect and also having to keep up with the page as much, you know, um, he's been able to help me with that a lot more. And so it's something that I don't have to quite worry about quite as much as I had to. And I can just worry about, um, you know, doing, making the calls and that sort of thing. And so it's really helped out in that, in that aspect for sure. Yeah, man, that the managing the social media while trying to do all of that stuff is a nightmare. Um, the the girlfriend Jessica, she started doing um, handmade tumblers with like custom designs and stuff like that. And oh we were, wow, my wife started that as well. She's doing that too. See, yeah, she was talking about um, you know pricing and different stuff like that, and uh, she spent like three hours going back and forth with this lady talking about a cup and coming up with designs and showing pictures and then the lady finally asked about a price and she hit her up with you know what it should be and that person uh-huh. just kind of disappeared and i was like you have to quit putting in the the time you know yeah. because you just wasted three hours of your own time and now you're you know exactly. you're not making anything off of it it's like it's a weird thing i was like eve she was like well i didn't do any work and i was like well you looked up you researched you did some social media back and forth like it is time and you have to build that into the cost of your stuff and it's one of those things that none of us like doing 
Exactly, exactly. And I do, um, which I don't mind, but I do, I'll have a lot of people just like inquire about, uh, you know, like teal calls, duck calls, whatever. And so, uh, you know, and I feel an obligation to message everybody as quickly as I can, you know. And so sometimes, you know, whenever I'll be in there, you know, I'll be trying to, uh, you know, do things with my family and that sort of thing. You know, I'll be on the phone trying to message somebody about something, you know, and, um, you know, you know, my wife's like, well, you're on the phone. You need to, you know, <laughs> only do that whenever you're at work, you know. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's easy. It's better to have, you know, him trip. He's able to help me with that. And so, like I said, you know, uh, I don't mind doing it at all. I, I love talking to people about it. You know, I, I really do. I, I love talking to people about duck calls, duck hunting, anything, because it's something that I know. And so, you know, and I don't know a whole lot of things, but I do know about it, you know, about duck hunting. So, <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, it's something that I enjoy doing anyway. And so, but it does help with that sort of thing. And he's been a big help with that lately. And so it's something that we've just started over the last few weeks. And like I said, I just put a, uh, we just put a little short video out um, the other day. And it's just kind of a basic little, like, an intro type thing, you know. And so uh, I was really happy with what he did with that. And so we got some cool stuff that's going to be uh, going along with that um, uh, in the future. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about to see how it's going to go. Yeah, I saw that little video, man. That was super cool. And... It, it's like the little series that you're gonna do is it going to be like a youtube type thing is it gonna yeah, be I'm, just on your facebook page or what's going on yeah i'm gonna do it i'm gonna try to do it on, on as many as i can i'm gonna try to do it on youtube um but i'm gonna try to do it on youtube and facebook and you know maybe maybe i don't really like i say he's kind of gonna run that kind of whole deal i'm not the greatest in the world at that kind of thing but uh I just want to have it just to, you know, just to share what I'm doing, you know, really. I mean, just to kind of share what I'm doing and not to be no big shot or nothing. It's just that, like I said, I do it because I love it and I want to share what I love, you know, with other people. And so I think it's the coolest thing in the world to watch what other people, you know, are doing. Like uh, if they have, if they're making calls or if they're making a video or I learn a lot from other hunters, you know, watching hunting videos or you know, uh, watching uh, people making calls or, man, the podcast, I listen to this podcast all the time when I'm making calls, and I learn so much, you know, about it. It helps me learn different things about, you know, um, you know how to how to do things in the shop and, you know, how, diff how call makers are, you know, doing what they're doing, you know. So, and th there's a lot of times where, you know, I, I'll listen to it, and, then I, and it makes me realize, well, I'm not the only one out here you know, just making calls after work. There's probably tons of other people that just got off of work and I'm making calls and they're probably doing it right now too as I'm making calls. So, you know. <laughs> that's, uh, that's probably my favorite thing about the podcast and the most feedback I get is from just people who listen to it and they'll listen to somebody, you know, some bigger name in the call industry who, you know, and uh, much bigger than myself, obviously, but uh, a name on there and they're like, wow. I had no idea, you know, that they were doing this and doing that or they got started or like the story of Brad Samples cutting off a freaking broomstick at work. Exactly. And, you know, that's the kind of cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. And that's, that's the cool thing about it is it's just uh, doing that. And, you know, like I said, I've told you this before, but, you know, I appreciate you doing this podcast because it's, you know, it, it's really helpful to all the callmen, not only just to get their story out there, but it also gets them out there and it helps the other callmakers, you know, like I'm saying, like, like we're talking about. So, yeah, that's really I appreciate it. it uh, it's, it's just something I enjoy. I've said it before. Um, talking to just other different podcasts and stuff like that, and uh, I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, they were like, "What's your numbers? You know, how is that all that type of stuff going?" And I was like, "You know, I kind of quit paying attention to that about a year ago because at first I was worried about growing, 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 growing. How many people are listening? How many downloads I'm getting? What do I need to do?" Like now, it's just I just want to enjoy it 
and put out content if five people listen to this thing it doesn't matter because i just enjoy talking to other call makers and like-minded people and uh, i kind of just quit paying attention to numbers so i really enjoy just the conversation aspect of it yeah i think that's whenever you put out the best things too i mean you know like anybody and you know i'm talking about in general i think if you're doing it just because if you if you don't worry so much about how many calls you're selling or how many listeners you got or how many followers you got i think that um it's it it works out really a lot better if you're just doing it because you enjoy it and i think that that ends up you put out really good things that way you know i agree man um so as far you said presley's um have you done any last year there wasn't any competitions except for the first little while are are you doing any this year have you done some man i'd love to man but i i just i hadn't been able to do it um like i said the last one i did was presley's um and uh I did okay. Uh, I think I, I can't remember exactly, but I got like third or fourth or something in both of the regionals. Um, and um, the that's the last one I've done. I can't remember the one before that. But um, I, I plan to get back into it mainly on the uh, – I would love to go to Easton and do the live duck. Um, that's something that I've always wanted to do and haven't got the chance because it's usually right at the beginning of duck season or something like that. And so um, that's what – I'm sorry. Um, i am really been wanting to get to, to that. Um, but uh, hopefully in the next you know little while I can go. I was going to try to go to Stuttgart last year to try to have a booth. And I'd even bought the booth and everything, but uh, they ended up canceling, you know. And so um, that's something I'm still wanting to get up there to uh, take my family to that. And then if I get up there, I'd probably blow in the contest up there, you know, the last chance regional and that sort of thing. But I hadn't been really uh, practicing my main street that much because I've just been making calls, you know, and that sort of thing. But um, it's something that I love. I, I mean, I love it for sure. And, um, it's just, it's just been so hard to do lately, especially now with everything going on. But, you know, if it ever, if I ever get a chance to do it again, I'm definitely going to be, um, trying to do it some more. And see, I heard a, uh, I heard Trevor Shanahan on, a, his Instagram live with Stump the other day. And it was a conversation yeah. I found. Did you watch that? Yeah, I did. See, and yeah. you were a guy that I thought about when they were yeah. talking about it. And uh, the reason why is because Trevor was talking about, you know, Main Street and, you know, just different stuff with that. And he's pretty anti-Main Street. He's made that pretty vocal forever. And Josh Raggio and I had a conversation about it with his dad. And um, we were talking about Main Street and why meat and live is getting so, you know, it's obviously so much more popular um, I, I feel like that's a ridiculous sentence the way I said that, but we're going to leave it in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, fine. <laughs> it's 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 very popular. And um, I thought of you because I feel like Main Street is so much harder if you're not in this Missouri, Kansas, Arkansas, you know, Memphis area because it, it takes a certain style to learn and, like, you know, to really get taught it. Whereas a meat style, obviously – you know, you have to practice and have, you know, some help to get to be the best in the world. Corey Nikum, you know, is one of the best. Yeah. And Trevor is one of yeah. the best. But I, it's something that the average guy can pick up and run a meet routine. Yeah. He might not score great, but the average guy yeah, who's never there hang, hang with him. Yeah, that's exactly – that's a good point. And uh, I didn't really think of it that way, but that's exactly right. Um, that was – the thing is, is, uh, you know, I put in a lot of time – with my main street and um i I was making some i mean i had qualified i think like four times uh and you know i was doing okay you know i was probably middle of the line somewhere in there um and uh but what what became well what became harder was um whenever you get to a certain point it's kind of like you have to have somebody to kind of mentor you to to tell you okay these are the little things you've got everything that you you know the basic things down but here's the little things that you need to do 
And it's a lot easier if you have somebody right there to be able to tell you what those things are to, to change or to fix or to work on. And you have to constantly, you know, uh, just you have to constantly stay on it and practice on it, you know, because you're trying to change your muscle memory, your mu- your the mechanics of how you're blowing the duck call. You know, I mean, there's the little bitty details that go in the main street is just unbelievable. And not to mention, it's just whenever you get up there, it's the most nerve wracking thing ever. You know, I mean, it is. I don't know if, you know, I've been, I've talked in front of people, did a bunch of different things in front of people, but that is one of the most nervous nerve-wracking things that you can do is get up there because whenever you're up there blowing in main street i mean you know you got just uh you're just an inch away from the thing you know squawking out and so uh you know i think that has a lot to do with it and it is a lot easier uh to pick up a meat call or to, to, to do a live routine and go and do a, a contest doing that for one it's a lot it's a lot more funner to be honest with you um it's because it's not quite as nerve-wracking and uh like i say it's probably a little bit easier to do than main street um well you know because, you, can, you know you can step out there and not make a complete fool of yourself yeah exactly exactly and then i mean like i say you just have to have somebody there to be able to tell you okay look this is what you're doing wrong because i mean i got to the point to where i just couldn't figure out what i needed to do to 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 score a little bit higher you know and uh which i'm sure there was plenty that i could work on i mean it wasn't i wasn't thinking well i'm perfect or anything like it was just that i just didn't know okay where do i go from here you know i mean i'm practicing putting in my time uh the, the problem I'm having is I was trying to go up to uh, uh, the Echo Shop because they were really good. Uh, you know, I flew for Echo, and uh, they were really good about helping me out over the phone, you know, and that sort of thing. And I was trying to make it up there to Arkansas to get some help, but, you know, uh, you know, I mean, just time is what really uh, got me on that. Well, and, and it's, uh, it's so far away, man. I live three yeah. and a half hours from Echo Shop. I live five hours from R&T Shop. That is yeah. too far for me to even go. Like, it's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm like, oh, uh, at least nine hours, at <laughs> least. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a haul for me. And I had even went up there uh, a couple of times, you know, uh, uh, one or two times to get some to get some help from different callers and they were uh you know they they helped me out and all but you know it just takes a lot of time with main street and you got to put your you got to put your time in you know like on the stage you got to get up there and get beat and you know and you know you got to you know just get humbled up there because you know it's a it's a it's a rough road and if you notice the guys who win it a lot of time lot of time and usually usually the guys that are winning it has has a lot of time in they went a long ways doing really good and uh then it, it just at the end you know they they finally start pulling out like the big contest you know years down the road and um i think it's just a bunch of different things um i know i don't really know exactly the, I don't like I said. I don't think there's exactly one thing that's that's making it die down. I think the last couple of years and what happened at Presley's, I think, is a lot because of COVID and that sort of thing. Because I heard that the uh, dive bomb contest was really big and everything went really good with that. Yeah, but, but they did. Um, they didn't meet. They didn't do mainstream. Oh, mainstream. That, they didn't do mainstream. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, meat is growing. Meat is growing exponentially right now. It's getting yes. big. Yes, yes, and 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 maybe that's what it is. Yeah, uh, you made a good point about that. That is that's probably has a lot to do with it. I think it's yeah. I think it's just such a regional thing, and I don't think anybody's really talked about it. It's you know you have to be in this area to get you know there's guys that obviously get their tickets punched everywhere all over the country. But if you look at the winners, I mean, name a guy yep. that's outside of this little eight state area that's won yeah. in the last twenty years. It's pretty rare. It's usually Arkansas, Missouri, Kansas, Illinois, 
somewhere around in there. Yeah. Usually, that, you know, that Mississippi uh, River, man. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, they, uh, you know, they're, they're all around each other right there and, and, and are able to, to do it. Now there's been some people from the outside that's yeah, done it and it, can, sure. it can be done. For sure. It can be done. It's not an excuse, you know, to use for, you know, like for me for say, uh, but, you know, because if you you can do whatever you want to do, and you know, but it's just tough. It's just tough. I mean, that these guys, especially nowadays, man, these guys can blow a duck call. I mean, everybody, you know. So, I think if Easton, you know, obviously Easton's a world waterfowl calling championships for people who are listening and don't know that. I think if that was somewhere like Kansas City or St. Louis right now, it would have already overtaken everything, which I. Yeah. You know, it probably yeah. already has, but just being so far away from everybody on the East Coast, where it's not in yeah. like a central location, I think it would already yeah. be the biggest. Yeah, I think that, uh, like I said, you know, I'm kind of back in the old, uh, the old school things, whenever, you know, Main Street in the 2000s and that kind of thing, that was the big deal, you know, I mean, it was all over, it was on ESPN. You know, I mean, it was all over the place. It was big. I mean, you could see it on RNTV and that kind of thing. And I remember looking at it when I was younger. You know, I didn't even know I could do it because I didn't, you know, we didn't have anything like that around here. Uh, not until we pretty much got the Internet and stuff to where I figured out that I could go to a contest. But, you know, I feel like eventually I think that it's sliding more towards the meat and the live duck. And we may be going that direction with it. Um, and that's probably going to be taken over probably eventually. Um, but I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, as long as, you know, it brings in, uh, callers and people into the sport, you know, um, I think it's a good thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. It's not a good, it's not a, uh, this versus that, this contest Mm -hmm. versus that contest. I don't feel that way about it at all. I don't have any ill will. And I think Stuttgart and you know obviously during worlds is amazing it's something that every duck hunter should experience even if you don't want to hear quack 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 for freaking five hours straight the same routine like it 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 can definitely become when we were live streaming it we did last chance and then we did juniors and then we did women's and then we did you know senior and then freaking worlds i was like by the end of the weekend my head was just i i'm done i'm good (laughs) You know? Oh man, I always get it. Every time I go, I always get a headache. Um, just you know, being back there behind the bus or whatever, and uh, you know, listening to the calling and trying. I love it, but you hear it for so long, it's like goodness gracious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's, a, it's just a different thing. But you know, that's just something that I heard uh, Stump and Trevor talking about. And obviously, they had some different yeah. conversations in that one, but. I thought it yeah. was interesting, and we, I think we had already scheduled ours at that point, but it was like, man, I got to bring this up with him. Because, yeah. you know, you're from Georgia originally, right? Not Florida? Well, I'm from, <clears throat> I'm on the line of it. So I'm, I live in Florida, North Florida, but I hunt in Georgia, I work in Georgia, and, you know, and that sort of thing. So I'm like on the line. And it's, it's, like I said, I was telling you earlier today, I live, my, the time, uh, I live right in the middle of Eastern and Central time, so my clock switches back and forth on my phone. You know, from what time it is. <laughs> yeah, you were like, "Hey, crazy. let's start at six, buddy," and I was like, six my time or your time?" In like twenty minutes or an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I gotta love that stuff. It, see, we went down to uh, Clearwater last month, and Jessica had never been, and she had new no idea that the time changed. I was like, yeah, we're yeah. going to go through a time change. We're going 20 hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just had to laugh about it. But, yeah, yeah. man, um, when do you expect – we'll go back to this uh, this film project you guys are working on. Um, you released the little teaser for it. Are you guys expecting to have it out, you know, at the end of duck season or, like, next summer sometime, or is that completely up to him? Well, it's, uh, it's a little bit up to him, but uh, we're shooting for – uh, I would have loved that. This is something that I talked about last year, and I wanted to have something, you know, kind of like before. Each, so, so, like, say, for instance, uh, like right now, I'd love to have it and went ahead and filmed last year and have it come out now, you know, to have it before teal season. But uh, probably what we're going to do for this year is probably 
sometime mid probably mid-september uh we may have the next one uh if not that we may be shooting for maybe um the end of september or somewhere around there uh and then you know like i said we're going to try to film a few hunts this year we got some stuff that some ideas that we're going to do like uh with with my family and like my, my little boy and my little girl and that kind of thing we got some stories type things that we're going to play our tale with it you know that kind of stuff um we just have some different ideas we're going to do so it's kind of kind of up to him a little bit uh just depending on the schedule of things you know yeah. but um we're going to be uh i'm going to try to do it uh try to to get it out there as quickly as we can but um i wanted to really be able to you know uh, kind of show you know kind of what i do and all that kind of stuff you know and you know how our duck season goes and you know that kind of thing well i can tell you buddy that uh when i did the tv show the very first season i ever did we uh started filming that duck season so what you know a little bit of teal season then obviously missouri really fires up at uh the middle of november thanksgiving time frame first episode aired uh january like third yeah dude talk about a absolute nightmare of trying to get enough content and it ran for 13 weeks straight after that so it was a nightmare it was constant pressure every single hunt if we did not have a good weekend like one good hunt for the weekend like it was a little bit of pulling oh, your hair wow. out and obviously you show some of the bad things that happen when you do that type of thing but uh take your time you guys the, what i saw from the video it's going to come out good and i love you know the tv days are dying out the whole you know being on national tv the local tv stuff but i love that the little mini series type things are coming back yeah. and what you were saying with the kids i have the same thing all three of my kids this summer or this winter is going to be their first season of actually going and it might just be even a little five minute clip but i want to do the same thing with that type of thing and yeah. uh i love that these little mini series are coming back so i'm i'm yeah. excited to see what it is don't set a time frame for yourself take your time yeah. figure out because you don't want you don't want to feel pressure with it and yeah, uh, yeah. just have fun and i know from what he put out already it's going to be a good product yeah, that, and that's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna mainly it's gonna be like mainly like just short videos. You know, it's uh, not gonna be nothing too. You know, we're gonna you know just try to have fun with it, like you're saying. Try not to uh, put too much pressure on ourselves with it, and um, you know, because like I said, he's working on some other projects as well. Um, and so um, you know, we got some. I I, I hunt a lot in the timber uh in arkansas and that kind of stuff and so we're going to try to have something like that but um as well but um it's just going to be you know just little short you know little videos short uh mini series videos that sort of thing i don't know if it's going to be a whole bunch of them but we're just kind of going to get started on it and just kind of see how it goes that sort of thing you know and you know just kind of show what's going on and that that sort of thing absolutely buddy and the way i look at it is is treat it just like um what we were talking about with this podcast what we were talking about with duck calls when you first started do it because you love it and then people will follow to it because they can see it and you mentioned something earlier about how you love to talk to people how you when it's something that you're passionate about you know how many guys that I've asked to be on here and they'll be like, oh, I'm really shy. I don't really like to talk about it. And then we'll start talking about something that they really, really love. And all of a sudden they're motivational speakers. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. you could put them in front yeah. of a crowd of a thousand and they could get everybody excited about it. And yeah. that's the type of stuff. And if you you're pretty good at conveying that. I can tell you get excited about that type of stuff. So people will follow it regardless of what, you know, like as long as you're enjoying it and putting love into it, people will find it. Yeah, and I just try to be, you know, uh, I'm not the best talker in the world or nothing like that, but I just try to be myself. And like I said, I'm doing it strictly because I love it. And I'm doing it because I enjoy to do it. Uh, I don't have any... Um, I don't have any agenda, hidden agenda behind it or anything like that. Uh, it's just simply the fact of, you know, I just enjoy doing it. And, you know, I think that's, uh, 
you know, I think that's the, the, the key to it, you know, like you're saying. Absolutely, buddy. Well, I want to uh, say I appreciate you jumping back on here, man. It's been over a year. Yeah, man. Listen, I really appreciate you uh, letting me come back on here. And like uh, like I said, I appreciate you what you're doing with the podcast. And uh, I'm going to support you all the way through. So, And if you ever need anything, you know, just let me know. Absolutely, buddy. And, um, man, once uh, we get fired up with some episodes, let me know. We'll, we'll come up here and we'll talk about it again. We'll get you back on here sooner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Well, you get to work on some calls and then get in there and see the fam. All right, man. You too. All right, I Rodney. appreciate it. Yes, sir. Take care, buddy. All righty. All right. Rodney Hill, guys. Um, check out his calls, Duck Wild Calls. Uh, I think his Facebook is DWC, but it's Duck Wild Calls. You can find it pretty easily. Um, yeah be looking out for his videos if you haven't checked out that first little promo video that they did it was pretty cool and uh i enjoyed it i enjoy that style so give it a look and uh hit him up for a teal call um if you're still listening to this thing and you haven't subscribed subscribe leave a review check out our social media i'm gonna go out and sweat in the garage a little bit and maybe turn a duck call have a good one